1: Welcome back to the Lenten Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, the online cycling platform that makes indoor training fun. LRH with Benji, as always, for the Movistar Team Preview 2023. lot of changes. Transition. The men's team, by the way. Uh, in this team with the retirement, allegedly, which has been walked back a bit, of Alejandro Valverde, <laughs> <laughs> el bala the green bullet and not too many signings and by my count i can't count over like 15 plus over half the roster is out of contract at the end of 2023 according to pcs um so This is a team in flux with a lot of guys riding for contracts next year. They survived the relegation battle, I don't think, at the start of the year. And that feels like sort of a victory in August and September. But really, at the start of the year, their goal wasn't to survive relegation. It was to improve and progress as a team. Um, But how did they actually go in 2022, Benji, uh, maybe compared to previous years and other teams? We always
0: start these discussions by discussing the cobble races, but let's be honest about it. This team did nothing at the cobble races. Aramburu and, um, and the other guy, Garcia Cortina, didn't deliver in those races, although I don't actually know if they were sent to those races in the first place. But outside of their cobble races, looking at the other classics, Hill Classics, for example, I'd say they delivered relatively. Second at Strade is a really good result for Valverde in his last season. If it's his last season, we'll talk about it later. Second at Flesh. Valverde, that's a good result. Seven at LBL for Valverde. I think he wanted a bit more there. I think he wanted to at least get a top five. And I don't know if we should expect that, but a top five was hoping, uh, was a thing I think they hoped for definitely. Quebec, fifth with Garcia Cortina, probably out of nowhere because that guy has been on like hibernation for two years now. And the one time he had a great day in the Tour de France last year, no, 2021, he was sent back to the Peloton and then the break one. Right? Was that him?
1: Three guys, I think, yeah. Imanol, maybe (laughs) Valverde, and I think probably him. Unreal. Great.
0: Amazing plan. Second at Lombardia with Moss. Probably the best result he could have gotten there. So I see that as a a big, good result. And next to that, the smaller ones as well. He won, I think, uh, Emilia, for example. So some good results by Moss in those one-day races where we, perhaps before those Italian classics started, wouldn't have rated him as highly as the results he had given us. One-week races. I think they failed completely in the one-week races. I think that's a big hitter that they were missing because Maas crashed out of multiple ones. He was good in GC in Tireno and Dauphine until he crashed out. Top 10 in Etzulia, probably also because of his descending that he wasn't high up. I don't remember Etzulia that he vividly crashed. when it comes to Maas. He did? Yeah. Again, that's three races where he crashes in descents. And that had a consequence on him during the Tour de France. But in total, in the one-week races... They only have one Welter win in the entire season. Can we talk about that? One Welter win by Verona, and Rogler almost robbed him.
1: So, Movistar's performance preparation, or maybe it's just him doing it himself. Mars was really good this year physically. Physically, really, really good shape. Second of Welter. You can't come second of Welter following Avonapole on Pico Hanna or Fanquaya as an average rider. Seriously high level climbing for Mars. Valverde, incredible level. They can't win World Tour races mainly because there's a few reasons. They don't take enough bites at the cherry, e.g. the Verona one is the exception, but often they will not let their strong guys go on the breakaway. Often you will see in the Tour de France stage, you'll see um, Nelson Oliveira, In a in a mountaintop finish like Majev, he'll be in the break with guys like Camner and and Court and stuff, and you're like, "Uh, that's great, but like he can't win, so this is pointless. Like, why don't you actually send a rider that can win the stage? And that sort of situation is repeated over and over. And so in all break stages, Verona's the exception. um, They they don't maximise their chance of winning, and then in sort of uphill finishes or things like that, they they often don't get the tactics right. Or Mas, it's it's unrealistic also to expect Mus to beat a Pogatcha or Roglic or even even a pole uphill, frankly.
0: Completely agree. And I think that the factor of that breakaway says a lot here, because if we take a look at the riders they send in the breakaway, like the Oliveira and so forth, to me that feels like they are sending riders up the road for their GC purposes and not with the goal of winning the stage. And I think that's a a team that follows throughout the majority of the season for them. They are so GC-focused in one-week races, in GCs, and I don't think Moss likes riders in its team going for their own goals. I feel like he wants them to all ride for him in the Vuelta, for example. Am I wrong in that?
1: Um, in the Vuelta, it made sense, I guess, for points um, mm-hmm. to, to maximize his placement. And he was clearly the second best GC rider in the race. And he wasn't that far behind Remco. I would say in the one weeks, yeah, there's no excuse for it. Like, is a guy going in the break on stage, whatever of Tirana or Basque or whatever race, you really going to affect it that much? I don't think so. Um, So, Yeah also they didn't have a sprinter max Kanter was their only sprinter about half the races in world yep. tour and in a flat sprint so draw a line through half the calendar without a sprinter we'll talk about how they're trying to address that in a second and and frankly there's just a lot of i mean you, you said Benji there's a lot of npcs that at coffidus i mean here there's just a lot of guys who don't really contribute to to winning and, and that doesn't mean they have to win races. I mean, really contribute to winning. So Sepp Kous contributes to winning at a very at the highest level, even if he didn't win a race this year. Yeah, but that's not true in the case of Sergio Semitiere, Albert Torres, Luis Mas. He might have won it. No, Burgos can't remember if he won that. Um, Johan Jakobs Holman. They they don't or Arcas. They don't really contribute to winning and maybe they're on minimum contracts too. So it's unrealistic to you know be like, well, why aren't you leading a guy out for a win in X race? Well, to a level, but that's a lot of the sort of guys on the roster. And I think as well, Jorgensen crashed in that Tour de France descent. He was looking good. I don't think he would have caught um Ugo. The question is, would Matteo Jorgensen, with the level he's shown so far, would he have won a World Tour race or any race by now on another team?
0: Yes. I think he would have won races already in World Tour. And would won a stage in World Tour, I think.
1: I think so. He's big engine. And the tour was the exception. He got given chances to go on the break in the tour, fourth, fifth, fourth. He was quite good, yeah. but that's the highest level. So, you know, he, I think he's kind of, you know, they, they want him to go for GC, which is also fine, I guess, for a young prospect like that. But can you blame the team, Benji, for Aaron Beru's season?
0: How dare you attack my boy like that? How dare you throw him under the bus here? Honestly, I don't remember much of what Aaron Buru did this season.
1: So I'll remind did, you. Oh, God. Did the classics? He did the classics. He was, he, did not, he was not awful. And I think if you sign Aaron Buru thinking he'll come top five in flanders, I think you have mis-evaluating what type of rider he is. Yeah, he, he is the guy who can win a really hard Giro stage that goes to the GC group but ends in a flat sprint or slightly uphill. Kobe um, style, yeah. Uh, well, for Dyer, I'll let he cannot win a <laughs> Fedaya. <Nah>, I mean, <laughs> think, I mean, you think he's gonna to win, win to France next year? <laughs> no, 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 that's for 2024.
0: But when it comes to Kobe, <laughs> I think Vendrame, you mean like stage, Lugamia, okay? yeah, Vendrami, yeah, yeah, okay? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah, Vendrame and George Bennett. Didn't he fight someone? No, he was. Brambilla. He was, yeah, were, Brambilla. Um, Spanish broadcast today. <laughs> D, even though know, it's Italian. The problem with Aaron Brew, and this is why I was like, is it the team's fault? Is the relegation battle, I don't think they dealt very well with communication of, holy shit, it's April and we are in the fight for our existence. I'm not sure either it was communicated and the riders didn't take it very well or it wasn't communicated well, but I've heard stories about riders' schedules being changed the day before, the riders not knowing what races they're doing, you know, and Aaron Baru effectively being taken out of a world tour schedule and then he's sent to Lollany and Limousin and García Cortina too, so... I'm not sure how well that was managed internally in terms of comms. Uh, I know a few riders there were unhappy. So, you know, and, and that's a the theme we'll we'll touch on when we talk about some in some DS transfers, maybe not even their hoarded DS later in the podcast. But before we get to that, I remind everyone of my Zwift's progress looking good. Swift presenting. Sponsor of the Lantern Roo Cycling Podcast, the indoor cycling platform. If you want to get on it for winter, a 14-day free trial now, extended. And winter is coming three weeks or just under away. If you want to keep on top of your fitness goals and have fun as well, there's new maps or worlds being introduced all the time. The Mercury Islands Expansion Pack, I love that one. That's actually my favorite world. I prefer it towards Yeah, I don't know if it's the flashing. You, you as well? Yeah, yeah, the Japanese yeah. culture yeah. stuff, I love it. I know what it is. I kind of go into some sort of trance state and then <laughs> I just do like way longer than I expected, which is great for me. Um, have I been doing religiously exactly an hour every day? No, I have failed at that, but I used to beat myself up about those sort of things and then you get into sort of a uh, a cycle and then you, that just gets you nowhere. So I just try to do the best I can. Some days I get an hour in, some days half an hour, but I'm, I'm aiming for the hour um and appreciate all the encouragement i've got over on swift for that as well but if you want to check them out you can go to the link below at swift.com but okay we've sort of given them a light flambé i wouldn't say a full roast i would say just a light sear, for the lack of world tour wins benji but realistically like could they have won liege or Strade or a world tour one day like could they, like, what could they have done differently? I don't really think in the one days they could have.
0: I don't think so either, but I think they couldn't gotten more World Tour wins in general. I think they gotten could have gotten more stage wins in World Tour races, but is that something they want? Because on paper,
1: no point. if Must
0: stays on his bike, then they might have two top fives in World Tour GCs, for example. That's... A clear possibility. Three, maybe, if you counted Zulia as well. So that's a big factor, I think, here. And while Moss did not do great when it comes to descending in those one-week races and therefore did not deliver, really, when it comes to GC at the end, his wealth doesn't make up for a lot, you know. The third time Moss gets a second place in a GC, the question there is, and this is a hot take you mentioned in a different podcast, can Enric Moss ever win a Grand Tour? I don't think
1: so. Yeah, yeah, he can. He's good. He's just got no. to have Hog and Rog CBF to do the, the Vuelta, and Remco's not going to do it next year. And hey, presto, you fl- you, you got it. He'll be... Ayuso, mate. But Ayuso, yeah, true. He's pretty good. Nah, I like Mars. I think he would have won the Arate stage in top three in Basque Country. I think he would have absolutely torched everybody on the finish of the last stage of Basque Country, but he crashed. I would like to pay homage to him, Like, first of all, for being open about, holy shit, I'm terrified. I'm yep. fucking scared on these descents. I've crashed so many times. There was a, probably a technique issue and then a mental block, and he mentioned it. And then I don't think any rider had more pressure on them this season than Enric Mas for the Welter. He had all those descending issues, crashes, COVID yep. during the Tour. If the team gets relegated, they... They might cease to exist, and he has to podium the Vuelta, has to, to save his season and their season. And he comes out and he does it. And not just that, he then goes to the Italian classics and he wins Emilia with, by the way, Pog attacking him on the descent, and he's like (laughs) full throttle, nearly crashes, and then second Lombardia probably couldn't have done better. Like, unbelievable mental toughness from Mas, who is kind of criticized for being the opposite. And yet for me, it's like, wow. Like, yeah, I think people just like he can't do a thousand watts. Like he can't, right? So stop expecting him to out punch. I think his punch is decent, but, and especially in the Vuelta Lagarde, quite nice, but he's not going to beat Roglic or Pogaccio in these uphill sprints. So like he's just a... I think also the Slovenians have created an unrealistic sort of expectation of what a GC rider can do. Riders like Enric Maas, totally normal GC rider. In fact, they used to not be able to win flat sprints and do <laughs> 6.5 for 20. So, I yeah, I like Maas. Um As a rider, I think he's still a bit underrated. I think even in one days, he took a huge step up this year, and that's that's really, really positive. Uh, for them but what about the transfers coming in Benji so sorry just to round off their season I think the La Ultima was a little bit underwhelming after a hot start um, but otherwise they saved themselves from relegation second of the World it, it, it was less than what they would have expected I think
0: yeah mate for they started the Giro saying Sosa was going to be the GC leader. Nobody believed that. I don't think a single soul in existence believed that because one gets to the win, then he's on the other side of Italy. But <laughs> when it comes to Valverde, he was riding for a top 10 in GC and then finished 11th. Like, yeah. I had humor in the fact that he finished 11th after trying to go for top 10 GC. But such a boring loss, Giro, man. Like, he should have done more. Should have been in breakaways.
1: The, okay, let's talk about this transfer then. The Valverde transfer. He retired, and then he's apparently not going to be a DS, but he might be in the car, and he will also be training with the riders on his bike at altitude, or not at altitude, like at training camps. What what is going on? Remember, bear in mind one of their best riders, Miguel Angel Lopez, quit the Vuelta because on the last three days of the race, Enzue got in the car and was. Mixed messages from the car and not clear communication. Communications already seems to be not the uh, not the best. Now you're bringing in a right. What what do the writers think? Is Valverde their teammate? Is he their DS? Who's the boss? Who is Paci Villa giving the directions? Like I can just see this as being a disaster. Second of all, Valverde won a shit ton of races because he was 62 kilos and had a kick like a mule. He didn't win because he's some tactical master. In any group two, he rides so negative that it's actually self-sabotage. He will cost himself the chance. He can be the fastest sprinter in in a group two with someone ahead, 15 seconds, and he won't pull, even though it would help him maximize the chance of winning the races. Um, And sometimes in strata, that helps him get second, I think, (laughs) because he just sat on. Like, I'm not sure how much tactical advice Alejandro Valverde has to offer. He won a lot of races because he was a physical god. Do you think, because he helped, without his points, they get relegated and must too. but do you think they wanting Valverde to kind of keep in training to maybe make a comeback if somehow needed this year? (laughs) Davide
0: Ribelin style.
1: Unlimited What other explanation is it?
0: I think it's more a loyalty aspect on both ends. I think Valverde has been part of this team for so long that the team kind of feels like they want to keep him around because they don't want to give him a full-force DS role, but they want to make sure he's not like ditched by the side of the road, so they're keeping him in like this this middle role where he can go in cars a few times, and he can ride with the riders, but he's not a rider, but he's not a DS. So I feel like it's some kind of like, thing where they're like, here, take this. Be happy.
1: <laughs> I mean, who doesn't see this ending with some writers being being mad? I don't know. Like, Movistar got a lot of talent. Um, They have writers performing at a high level. I would just say, yeah, like, Valverde is not who you bring in to give you, to help you tactically <laughs> step up. A like, video, just, mate. In the Giro,
0: he's gonna be like 400 meters. He's gonna be launching at the front because has stalled him. Launch at 400 meters, mate. It's time
1: to go. I list, and Gaviria. I think is a. This is what's weird to me. I maybe I was miss not assessing Twitter's reaction properly. So many people on Movistar's sort of Twitter fans were not happy with the Gaviria signing, and I was like, this is the sign that makes the most sense I've ever seen for the team. They don't. They didn't have a sprinter. They now have a sprinter. He was on UAE, who don't get the best out of their sprinters. Look at Ackerman. Look at Christoph when he moved into Marche. He's not that old. He's, what, 28? And he's on a one-year deal. So let's think of, is Gaviria on a lot of money? I doubt it because he didn't have a good year. He hasn't won a World Tour race for quite a while. He's... Matchin did not give a glowing recommendation of him at all about yeah. his work ethic. And if he had any leverage in the market, he's not signing a one-year deal. He's on a prove-it-or-you're-out-of-world-tour-off-to-Italian-pro-conti-team deal. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant signing because the upside is quite high and it's a one-year deal on not a million dollars. I think
0: so as well. I think our video's is the kind of rider where I remember the old days when he started going towards Quickstep and we saw him rise up in these Trofeo Palma races and so forth. But it was weird because he won those races like riding away from the peloton in the last 500 meters instead of winning the sprint, which was some crazy stuff. But then later on, we we clearly saw that he was the pure sprinter that we, we noticed in him gradually improved his results. One Tour de France stages, that one Giro where he won like four, five, six stages, probably four, I'm probably exaggerating in my mind here. There were some stages where he just sprinted from like 20th position to the front. I vaguely remember that in his Ciclamino jersey. He was a top sprinter back in the day. He was one of the top three sprinters in the world together with Grunewagen and so forth. So to see him go down this way towards UAE, not getting those results, was a really sad viewing in my opinion. I was hoping he would like, Kick back in some shape or form, but it hasn't really helped. So let's be honest about it. We haven't seen it. So I hope Movistar is like the team where he can, he has to prove it. Like you said, it the work ethic must have been an issue if Matchin talks about it like that at UAE. Because he's
1: always nice about riders matching.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if he can improve that at Movistar and get the work in and get that stuff done, then we might see results here. And what are the results we are expecting? From Gaviria at Movistar because zero stage win exactly that's a something that is very much possible. He was close to it at UAU already, so the margin that he needs to improve based on the work ethic that Machin says he had compared to what he should do in 2023 to be able to get a zero stage win is a tiny bit more, and he can do that, I think. So, next to that, if we take a look at other races, I don't know. Scattering points at an Ashbourne Frankfurt, those kind of races where a Movistar would usually send the Garcia Cortina. But who is going to be by Gaviria's side? Can he do it alone? Will he need Garcia Cortina as lead out, Aramburu, that kind of stuff?
1: He needs a lead out of some description. I would, yeah, go Garcia Cortina and Max Cantor. I would transition. Cantor's had a lot of chances. Um, now... He might not be in the best setup, but he's 25. He's been in World Tour, at least for, as a trainee, since 2018. That's four and a half years in World Tour with zero wins. Um, He did pick up a nice amount of points in some of the Belgian 1.0 pros, but in terms of the upside of Gavira is much higher. I think Gravira can win World Tour sprints. He has good positioning. He had... I don't know, he had mechanical issues this year, pivotal moments as well, but his yep. positioning is still very, very good. Um, I think, yeah, Cantor or Garcia, Cortino, Ambrou, as you said, and then with someone like Arcas or Rojas or Imanol sort of setting it up for Oliveira. So Giro, Gaviria, and yeah, maybe like he climbs well. Like he, he does get over yep. um he came. Th- see, this is why what- he came third in that Romandy sprint against Hater and Aberastery. But he got over. Uh, he can get over a nasty hilly terrain. That's why know. the Giro really fits this year, I think. Yeah,
0: because the Giro has those climbs in sprint stages where the Tour de France is just completely flat in those sprint stages. So I think that really and fits.
1: Movistar do can be aggressive um, to drop other sprinters. They have been good at that sort of thing in the past, uh, like Catalonia. They have the riders. Tried that- they have the riders to do that. Like a Pedrero, they can pace hard enough, not to disturb GC guys, but to drop Demar, sure.
0: Yep, I think so as well. And when we take a look at, for example, their team, let's talk about it for a second. We've mentioned Gaviria joining, which is the sprinting aspect, but there's two more riders that join, Ruben Guerrero and Ivan Romeo. And Guerrero is the kind of rider where, at the F, he was like, put in this or maybe he chose to be, a one-week GC rider. And I'd argue he was successful at that transition and actually really bloody strong. One Day Race, more on 2 Challenge, really strong result there as well. Really good climbing performance. But the question is, what is the next step? Because I feel like he was the kind of rider where I was like, he's going to win a Tour de France stage. He's going to win a Giro stage. That type of stuff. He won the Giro stage. He never really got that Tour de France stage because I think he got ill during the Tour de France while he was aiming for that. Do you think he can help Movistar out in getting more World Tour wins, or do you fear that he's going to be situated in the train of Maz and so forth?
1: Um, I think they will make him go for GC, and he won't win any any World Tour race. Um, like first of all, is he going to perform better than he did at EF this year? Like seventh in flesh like good in dot pro stage races. Okay. Like pretty good at Dauphine, like fifth on Solos on was probably his career best performance, at least in my opinion. Um, like I wouldn't expect him to step up his Watts and everything at, at Movistar. Like this will be, I think his eighth or seventh year in in world tour. He's 28 turning 29 next year. He's not a 23 year old. Um, but can he bring in a lot of points, Sure, he can do that too. Uh, he probably he doesn't have the sprint of Valverde. Like, Who do they go for in flesh? Because Mas let out Valverde in flesh, remember? He smashed the murder we. Who do they go for?
0: I think I'd say go for Mas.
1: Yeah, I think but so.
0: The thing with Guerrero as well is, you think there's an option for him to be a Verona-style role for Mas in a Grand Tour as well, because he can climb decent enough. His punch doesn't really matter in that aspect, but will he be able to do that role? I think if he's paid enough to do so, then he will. But I think he might be decent for a domestique role for a Amaz in a Grand Tour. Because I feel like when I look They're at paying the
1: paying steel- him a lot. He's not yeah. cheap. That's true. That's true. Three-year deal. I think there would have been some pretty stiff competition. Like, you'd have to think unless there's some other reason, like Portuguese, you would think UAE would have come with some sort of offer too. For a yep. rider like this, fits their style. I, I, I have to say, I don't like designing that much because does Guerrero move you much closer to winning World Tour GCs? No. Are you paying a lot for the privilege? Yes. Can he help you? I think in Italian classics, fleshly age, in theory, yes. Um, but you are buying high. You're 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 buying after his best ever year at 28, and uh, you know. He has to He has to improve, probably, I'm guessing as well, he might be on 250K, so, and it's the best <clears> deal in <throat> the world too, I doubt it. He has to improve from his best ever year to then make the contract par. So that's why I'm a little bit skeptical about the signing.
0: There's something we never really talk about in these transfer podcasts, but I do want to mention it this time around. I think Guerrero has a quadro as his agent, for example. And we take a look at the Sosa also, Aquadro, Aramburu, Aquadro. Is there an aspect to it where Movistar is dependent on riders coming from a single rider agent to the point where they get proposed a rider like Guerrero and they're like, oh, we kind of have to pay a decent amount to keep the agent happy so that we get the big talent in further years? Or is that not a thing you think?
1: While wow, you were saying that, I was just making sure I checked who Carlos Rodriguez's agent was. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> Giuseppe Acuadro. Um Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I can't see on. I presume he's Acuadro's Guerrero's agent. i um, not. I think so. Okay. That would make sense. Because, um, yeah, Sosa, like. I probably wouldn't have. That was the weird one. I th- back when they signed Sosa, I thought. That was a setup for Carapaz to come back. I was convinced of it. I thought, okay, they, everyone knows Sosa is not going to be able to compete at World Tour level, and they're signing him on probably a, a half-decent contract. The first rider, one of the first riders that Aquadro sent back to them, and but they didn't sign Carapaz. So, Maybe this is all a setup to Rodriguez. Maybe they just really rate Guerrero. I don't know. Um, but I don't think EF like EF do get EF don't get riders performing throughout the year, but they mm-hmm. do get their riders having really nice four to six week windows. And Guerrero had one of them. Maybe a bit longer than that, being a bit uncharitable. Um, can Movistar get the same out of him? I don't know, but I would rather have signed almost nobody and just Maybe they've already got him signed and just made sure Rodriguez gets signed. <laughs> just in like, we'll pay him four million, we will pay eight million <laughs> for, for Carlos <laughs> Rodriguez. Um,
0: uh, based so- on the rumors I've seen over the last couple of months, it feels like Rodriguez might already be on his way to Movistar in the first place. So if that's indeed the case, if he's safe, and if this Guerrero transfer was part of like a package to get Rodriguez in, then I'm all for it, right?
1: Yeah, and then you have a climbing squad of Rodriguez, Mas, Guerrero, Verona in support. Pretty nice GC squad, I must say. Um, that's a nice squad. Or you yep. split them across different races. So that would be... And Movistar has always been a GC-focused team in their heyday with Quintana, Landa... Um, who else? Valverde... That was sort of they had the try <laughs> the trifecta, which not always um, didn't always work out too well. But what about the guys? Okay, so you think over under races, Valverde races for Movistar in twenty twenty three over zero point five or under? Under. I'm going over. <laughs> I think he rides. Nice. A, I think he rides a couple of races for him. <laughs> I'd love it. I bet you. Um, okay, Cobble Classics, Aaron Baruch, García Cortina, Jakobs Holman, as you said in the notes, plus Ivan Romeo, who we haven't mentioned. He's coming in. He's a big uh, Classics prospect, Spanish. Well, I'm, not, I'm saying physically big in terms of top-level Classics prospect. I, I don't think so, but he will be in their Classics team. Uh, Arden, that's the tricky one because they now don't have a finisher who do they, how do they ride the Ardennes? Do they have to be more aggressive now? I would, yeah, I think they have to be aggressive and launch Moss with uh, Guerrero. Yeah, I think so as well.
0: I think Guerrero is still a type of rider where he's got a bit of a punch, but I do agree that Moss is the more likely candidate to win Hill Classics like he showed in Lombardia, top two there. I think the Steam is unlikely to win a Hill Classic. Like, as simple as that, they're going to come into top five positions perhaps, but. I don't see Movistar winning those races. And that's the same issue we had in 2022. They didn't change when it comes to their finishing ability in races. And that's why I'm saying that Moss can't win a Tour de France. That's why I'm saying that they can't win a Ardennes Classic, for example. That's because they're more likely to end up on the podium or in the top five, for example. And I don't see that change with the team they have this year. So I'm saying that Movistar is likely to have, well, the Riders Day usually having those Hill Classics in those races, except for Valverde. And they're going to try and fight for a top five position, hopefully a podium. That's what they'll aim for. But if they'll get it, it's going to be really difficult.
1: I don't see them winning it. Because like with an Agita, you have, let's say, another team on the same level in the Ardennes. Um, Someone like Abora, they they have a finisher. I'll take Vlasov in a flat sprint. Uh, let alone a against Mas and Guerrero. I think so. Yep. That's what's tough for them with Liege having a flat finished flesh. Who knows? Like flesh sometimes has weak start lists. It's a, it's on a Wednesday after all. Um, maybe, maybe Mas can win flesh. I think it's possible, albeit unlikely. Particularly if Rog is is back. Don't think he did it this year. Um, or was injured or something. In terms of the tour, uh, Giro, Gaviria, and Jorgensen going for stage wins. If I, I would, like, he can go for GC, or would you send him to the tour? I don't know. Like, the Giro is always there, almost throw away. Do they send Guerrero there for GC? Nah. Time nah. trial's not good enough. No. Nah. I don't know. I think they'll send another misc squad to the Giro, plus Gaviria, yep. to be honest. Tour will be mass. GC with probably yeah Guerrero Jorgensen Verona all in support. Felt the same.
0: Mars yep.
1: G C. Try Mars to podium GC. again. Yep. Try to win, but and the podium again. Probably. That's probably the most likely outcome. So there's not much changing, <laughs> to be honest, in terms of season objectives from this year. I do think I do think the crash has hid who how good Mars can really be. I, I think Mars can win Bass Country. Or a race like yeah. that, if he dodges, he has to dodge one of the Slovenians. He can beat Jonas not in Tour de France shape in a one week. Yeah, um, he, at Basque he was stronger in my opinion, but he crashed, of course. But he can beat Jonas in not peak shape. The uh, it's sort of the where the team falls down is, which this is what we opened up this podcast with, is with the Jorgensen's, the Veronas. I know Verona won a race. How can they get more out of their other talented riders? Aaron Baru, García Cortina, Verona, Jorgensen, they have some good riders, Guerrero. These guys can't just be domestiques for 90% of the year. They need to be trying to win races, whether it's breaks, whether it's in sending Aaron Baru to the right sort of stage race, like Romandy with uphill finishes, or even Aaron Baru needs to go for maybe the Tour de France opening stages. I don't know. Um, yep. They need to get more out of them, I think, Benji. And do you think they will next year, or do you think they'll just sit in the same pattern? I think they might sit in
0: a, a similar pattern. To be honest, I, I just hope that they're able to win more races throughout the season. When it comes to World Tour races, that is, because I don't care much if they win an average Spanish race. Dot Gran Camino, two, a one, Pro, whatever. Like, I don't really care about those that much. I want to see them win World Tour races. That's the level that this team should be on, and. I um I think their focus will once again be Maz for Tour de France-Velta, Gavidia for Giro stages, and I guess we'll see if that's successful or not. I do think that Maz made a significant step forward, like you said, and I, I heed those words quite a lot where you mentioned his step forward when it comes to his mental aspect towards descending, having the the fear of descending, being open about that, then actually working on it and proving it wrong towards the end of the year. Yeah, he's not a top descender yet, but He managed quite well and got second in the Vuelta. So that's something we didn't see in those one-week races, for example. So a significant improvement. And he was ascending in the drops. So that's a huge win. A huge win at the end of this podcast for Henrik Moss. And he deserves to credit for that. And I hope that he can keep that up. But I think he's stuck on being a podium rider
1: for GC. Maybe in the Grand Tours. But I I really think he can win the right World Tour one week. I I really think he can. Um... No hot take? No... Enrique Maz is gonna win the Tour de France? Oh, he can win the tour, for sure. <laughs> like Mars is Maas is way better than Vlasov and the other guys on the third on the second run below Paul Grog Jonas. he's much better. Um now do they get Thomas? Uh for this Tour de France parkour, I take Maas. Okay. Over Thomas, yeah. Um Yes, he had covered the tour. He's just got to bring that welter shape, which is big if <laughs> he's got to bring the welter shape across the border to France. Um, and it starts in Spain, although you know Basque Country Autonomous Region, it starts south of the French border. Maybe that will help, uh, beginning in more familiar surrounds. But in terms of outgoings, Benji, I, I mentioned you know half the teams out of contract a lot of them old sort of veterans of the team, but I'll, I'll whip through them in, in quick, quick fashion. Rajas Gaviria, Gorka Izaguirre, Oliveira, Erviti, Garcia, Cortina, Sosa, Verona, Mulberger, Pedrera, Serrano, Oscar Rodriguez, Max Kanta, Luis Maas, Jorgensen, Rubio, Norsgaard, Arcas, Torres, Barta, Gonzalez, Jakobs, Holman. All out of contract. I think half of them are gone. Yeah? Well, probably not, <laughs> because who you replace so. them yeah. with. But like, what are, what are Jakobs, Barca, and Holman doing for this team? I think Holman and Jakobs fill up their cobble team to make sure that Spaniards
0: don't have to go there. So those Spaniards might like that a lot. But I agree that they're not making the big moves for the team either. And that would start questioning whether Jakobs wouldn't be better off being at a Tudor Pro Cycling, for example. Those kind of teams, because that's the team where he
1: can be... Oh, yeah, it'd be better for them. And also yeah, for him,
0: for the rider yeah. as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no. For Holman and Jakobs and Norsgaard and Jorgensen, it would be better to be somewhere else. Yeah. Um, In the case of Jorgensen, I think the decision might be taken out of their hands in that if I'm Jorgensen and EF or some other team offer yeah. me you know, an acceptable salary, I'll take it two-year you know, moderate salary and prove myself. Um, so you think the sort of Spanish guys like Pedrero, Serrano, Oscar Rodriguez, they're just going to be re-signed on low deals?
0: Um, it depends. I think Oscar Rodriguez is also at at um, at Acuadro. So if Rodriguez is signed, I'm probably thinking he's going to be re-signed as well as part of the package. Yeah, I think uh, cycling works like that behind the scenes. Serrano and so forth. Pedrero, I think those are worthy of re signing for this team, to be honest. But if you're a Serrano, what other team would you want to go to? This is a Spanish team. Like, this is a team you kind of want to stay at if you're Spanish, I think.
1: Um, he doesn't have many options either. I think Serrano, you yeah. resign because I think he sold a bike that was like a fraud or something. I've got to check that story. It <laughs> like derailed his season. Um, <laughs> it's big problems. It became um, like a
0: Facebook marketplace camera or
1: what? I gotta check so I don't <laughs> I'm not saying this wrong. Um, here we go, here we go. What a story. The cyclist Gonzalez this is from 20 Minutos' Spanish website. The cyclist Gonzalez Gonzalo Serrano guilty of scamming a wallapop user, don't know what that is, um, in the sale of a painted bicycle. Um, and it ended up in court damn so yeah a bit of drama there so I don't think he has many options and he can actually finish <laughs> he can actually sprint uphill so I think you you want him signed uh re-sign him if he's you know Jorge Zagira I think was actually quite good as a domestique I would re-sign him what about like Muhlberg is probably on a decent bit of cash Benji do you re-sign yep. someone like that who he was on a three-year deal I don't think you can re-sign him on the same money
0: I don't think on the same money, but he was decent as a domestique during the tour as well, I think, despite there not being much to prove when Mars wasn't high up in GC anymore. I think he's decent enough, but I don't think on the money that they signed him for. Because mulberger was probably signed with the hope that he could step forward and become prevalent in the Hill classics, for example. Because in 2019-2018, wasn't he like somewhat of a rider where he was a top super domestique or Top domestique, let's say, not yet super or something at the Tour de France for Bookman. I'm
1: 2019? pretty sure in the 2019 Tour de France, he was the last domestique with the plus with the plus, yeah, on the uh teen stage. I'm
0: the state of that sure.
1: tour, Jesus, yeah, that tour is not aged very well. Um, <laughs> pre COVID era, <laughs> everyone, you could do 5.5 for 20, win the Tour de France. um <laughs> Very much. The uh, he's just part of. They have a lot of riders like this, Benji, who don't win races. They're not Sepcoos either. They're not the Sepcoos level domestique. Oscar Rodriguez, Mulberger, uh Pedrero, They're all very similar riders, and I do question like how much are they really moving the needle of your team? Like, wouldn't you rather yep. sign someone a bit? Let me look at the average age like sign someone a bit younger is there anyone Fryland? like does, who's that who's that um turn farmer kid
0: uh Roger Adria or the other guy Arieta yeah arieta's going to be signed here right arieta is near the ds here or was he the one that was fired
1: that's a good question uh was it Chente or Arieta i can't remember i got to watch the new moster season i don't know like Pedro is 31 mas louis master's 30 uh, 33 Arcas is 30 um Milberg is 28 I would kind of I would prioritize signing Jorgensen over them if if I was them uh okay. even though he's got the wrong nationality.
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's uh that's a good option. Castro Viejo is running out of uh, contract at Ineos after 2023 True. but he's 35, 36 by then probably so that's getting older. Mark Soler, he can come back.
1: He's got a contract.
0: <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah. Soler's out of contract.
1: Back. There's no way. Get paid a shit ton, plus get to basically go for your own result in every race except the tour. Why would he? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Never happening. Lopez. Miguel Angel? It's not fucking happening and you know it. You know who they should pick up?
0: Quintana. No, don't yep. say it. <laughs> Why not? And Landa. Landa, Quintana, Miguel Angel Lopez. Why not? I'll pick up Quintana. Anyway. No, the last two. Yeah,
1: because Sosa is there. Like, first of all, Movistar is big in South America. Um, the company that is Sosa is not exactly the uh, South American star uh, one <laughs> might hope for. I think Quintana is. I'm not going to say a no brainer because there are some. Uh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of history and there's a lot of recent history that make it a bit problematic. But listen, we couldn't name six guys to the Giro team, let alone eight. So what if he goes to Giro, comes sixth, don't send him to any race with Enric, have the Enric squad separate. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I guess he gets caught with Tramadol again. Um, <laughs> it would be the worst that could happen. So that's not considered, <laughs> but I don't know. If, if the sponsor Movistar signs off on it, remember, Quintana perception in Colombia is not maybe the people are at least from what I'm told, you know, generally still supportive of him. If the sponsor's happy and you send him to the Giro and it's all fine and don't have Valverde in the car, I don't see a problem with it. I think it works quite well. I love um, how
0: every team preview just ends with you saying they should sign
1: Quintana. Well, because he's going to cost nothing <laughs> and he's still. I think, half decent. And it's not like the majority of teams cannot feel a competitive roster for all three grand tours. They can't. It costs too much. And he's, yeah, buy low and cross your fingers and hope. (laughs) is what I would (laughs) would think with Quintana. But any last thoughts from Overstar Benji? What would you like to see from them next year? Win
0: more plus being able to sustain the results they already have.
1: I think five World Tour wins would be really good. Let's go. For, a lot. Plus, obviously, they still need the good GC results. That's that's plus the GC results. But I think under you're going under. I know we're not doing the over unders, but you're going under five. One in 2020, yeah. three in 2021. <laughs> they haven't won a Tour de France stage since 2019. That's crazy. they got to <laughs> try winning win a tour stage. Yeah, okay. they have to. Tour stage, five World Tour wins, World Tour one-week GC win with Mass, a monument podium and a to podium, and I think you've got yourself a pretty nice season. I think they'd be happy with that. Then you get Rodriguez after that, um, and he's actually not as good as David Nepal, but you tie up a lot of money with him, and then you kind of stagnate. That's the future. So, lots to look forward to. Um, <laughs> I'm being a, bit, being a bit harsh. I really like Mars. I'm on Team Enric Mass. I think he's brilliant. I'd love to see him kick on next year. I think it's really possible. Um, Tactics-wise, I don't think they'll optimize it because nothing's changed in the car. In fact, things might be getting worse, but it is what it is. Um, that was the Movistar preview, one of my favorite teams, actually. If you want to ask my favorite teams, they are actually one of my favorite teams um and yeah any question yes. final
0: question who is more likely to win the Tour de France in 2023 if you build a team around them Endric Mas or Miguel Angel
1: Lopez Mas okay Lopez peak climbing level maybe it's not there anymore maybe it is Astana was a bit... yeah Mas Mas, Mas. okay well, I think Mas is because Lopez does have the he chokes, like yeah. that planche de Belfi TT. What the fuck happened there? Like it was yeah. worse than Roglic. So yeah, yeah, I'll go Enric um, over him. What about Rodriguez in 2023?
0: He's gonna put him to Vuelta, mate. I, I, who, I tweeted it a two team years around,
1: ago. If you built a team around Marcel Rodriguez, co-leaders? No, no, two separate squads, equal domestic strength. Built around them as leaders, which one's more likely to win a Grand Tour in twenty
0: three? Win a Grand Tour, podium a yeah. Grand Tour,
1: I'd say. Po- gonna a Grand win. Tour or win, yeah. Uh, Rodriguez over Mass. <laughs> don't see it. Carlos <laughs> Rodriguez can only dream of being as good as Enric Mass. <laughs> Enric Mass is Rodriguez' ceiling. Nah, climbing it wise, is. yes. Time trial wise, no- is already better. Yeah, but Benji, he's going from Ineos to Movistar. Did you? Musk was a good time trial to Quickstep. Yeah, it's from going, it's like going from a Lambo to like a Fiat. Yeah. So, food for thought for your boy. Enric's, Enric is doing his best with what he's got, man. It's possible he's better than Pagacha. Like, if you put Enric Mas on Quickstep Umba, Visma, it's possible he's better than Pagacha Roglic. He came from Quickstep. Yeah, but he was young. Now he's improved a lot and he's had to do it himself. Okay, anyway, Mars, best GC talent world tour. Anyway, we'll end the podcast here. <laughs> I'm higher on, I'm higher on Mars than any Spanish fan in the world of Movistar, and thanks to Swift as always for supporting the show. We'll see you with I don't know which team next. We'll see. Ciao.